Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hello and welcome to season three, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast and I am your host, Jen here. Today we are talking about Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. We're going to finish up this chapter. And yes, we are in season three, but we're still in the book of Mark because I do my seasons based on the Old Testament, not the New Testament. Just to let you guys know that. For example, last time when we were in season two, we still had episodes in Matthew because we weren't finished with Matthew yet from season one. And same for this season, season three, we're not finished with the book of Mark yet. So I'm going to finish out the book of Mark in season three, and then we'll move on actually very, very soon into the book of Luke, probably in the next couple weeks or so, because there's only, I think, one or two more chapters left in uh, the book of Mark, and we'll move into my favorite gospel in the Bible, which is Luke. I love the book of Luke. I like the way Luke writes. I also like the book of Acts, which is uh, also one of the books that Luke wrote. I love it. And uh, my own personal opinion, I do believe Luke wrote the book of Hebrews as well. Uh oh. <laughs> No one knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people think that it was Paul. I personally think it was Luke, but we'll talk a lot more about that later on. So let's go ahead and talk about Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. I'll be reading out a W.E.B. version of the Bible. Grab your cup of coffee and let's jump right in. But in those days after that oppression, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers that are in heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out his angels and will gather together his chosen ones from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the sky. Now from the fig tree, learn this parable. When the branch has now become tender and produces its leaves, you know that the summer is near. Even so, you also, when you see these things coming to pass, know that it is near, at the doors. Most certainly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, keep alert, and pray for you don't know when the time is. It is like a man traveling to another country, having left his house, and giving authority to his servants and to each one his work, and also commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Therefore, for you don't know when the Lord of that house is coming, whether it is evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he might find you sleeping. What I tell you, I tell all. Watch. I really like this part of 
Mark chapter 13. I think it's super interesting because, I mean, so many people love to discuss Revelation. They love to discuss what's going to happen. And so many people have so many different ideas of what the end times are going to look like, mainly because there's not a ton of information on them. We know some information. There's not a ton of information. So there has to be a lot of speculation if you are going to try to predict the future with the given amount of information that we currently understand. I had Mark Cravens on the podcast on, when was it, last Thursday, and he was talking also about Mark chapter 13 with me, where he was saying that a lot of times when prophecy happens, for example, Old Testament prophecy prophesying the Messiah or Jesus, we just can't understand it until it's actually fulfilled, until it actually happens. We're just not going to understand it. And same with the Messiah prophecies from Isaiah, people just didn't understand. You know, they thought that the Messiah was going to come with great power and great glory. And yeah, he did, but it was not the way they wanted it to be. They wanted Jesus to be a political figure. They wanted him to be, you know, somebody who is going to save them and bring Jerusalem up out of the pit of despair, basically, and, um, you know, make Jerusalem this great country, make Israel this great country, I should say, and Jerusalem this place where everybody comes to worship, kind of like what Isaiah prophesied. But that was not what it was. And we understand that now because we can look back at all of it and be like, oh, you know, in Isaiah, this has been fulfilled in this way through Jesus. Whereas back in those days, people just couldn't understand it because it hadn't been fulfilled yet until Jesus died on the cross and went back into heaven. Then the disciples and everybody around Jesus understood that, yes, the prophecies in Isaiah did get fulfilled through Jesus. It just didn't look the way they thought it would look. Same thing with this right here. You know, I mean, there's so many different kinds of beliefs on the rapture, what's going to happen in the end times. Uh, you know, are we going to be here for the end times? Are we not going to be here for the end times? Like, are we going to, you know, go through it? Are we not? Well, we don't know. I mean, <laughs> it says right here in verse 33 and 32, actually, it says of that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels or the son, who is Jesus. If Jesus doesn't know, we are never going to know. We're just not going to know when this is going to happen. We can predict it all we want, but it's going to be wrong. It's not going to happen. That's exactly what Jesus says. The father is the only one who knows when the son is coming back for sure. So when that time is finally fulfilled and the son does come back, you know, the father is going to be like, hey, son, it's time for you to go back to earth. The time has been fulfilled. It is now time. And then Jesus is going to step down and he's going to do all this crazy stuff that it says here. For example, in verse 24, it says that the sun's going to be darkened when Jesus comes back. The stars are going to be falling from the sky. The powers that are in heaven are going to be shaken. And then the W.E.B. actually refers to Isaiah 13 
10 and Isaiah 34, 4, which says, let's see here. Isaiah 13, 10 says, For the stars of the sky and its constellations will not give their light. And then Isaiah 34, 4 says, All of the army of the sky will be dissolved. It's going to be rolled up like a scroll, is what Isaiah 34, 4 says. So this was prophesied even in the Old Testament, and Jesus is reiterating much of what the Old Testament has to say here about what's going to happen when the Son of Man, or Jesus himself, comes back again for the second time. It says that this guy is going to like roll away like a scroll, and Jesus is going to appear because at that point, <laughs> you know, the uh, Jesus is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. This one that we're on right now is not going to exist any longer when Jesus comes back. He's going to do away with it. The sky is going to roll away and the new heaven and the new earth is going to be made. And if you think about how interesting that is, we're going to be around for that. We're going to be able to actually watch how creation happened. That's another thing people like to speculate about and and uh, try to figure out is how did creation happen? Well, we're going to be able to see it. <laughs> We're going to be able to watch Jesus create a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And all of our questions about that are going to be done because we're going to see how it was actually made. And so I think that's that's kind of cool. So, yeah, we're going to be able to watch all of that as Jesus is creating this new heaven and this new earth. And then at that point, if you look in Revelation, it says that his chosen ones are going to be there, which means um, anybody that follow Jesus with their hearts that they're going to be there. Some of them, from my understanding, I'm not quite sure how this is going to work, but from my understanding of what Revelation has to say about this, some people of his chosen ones are going to be on the earth and then others are going to be up in heaven and almost like ruling with Jesus, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm not exactly sure on that one, so don't quote me on that. But that's kind of how I interpret that. <clears throat> but some people are going to be up in heaven ruling. I don't know who those people are going to be. Some people are going to be down on earth living this on this beautiful, perfect earth. And uh, yeah, so that's how that's going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't have to be afraid at that point when the sky rolls away like a scroll and we see Jesus coming down in his glory. That's going to be something super cool because we're going to be the chosen ones that are brought together to Jesus. And then at that point, we're going to watch the new heaven and new earth being made. And uh, it says in Revelation that at that time, Jesus is actually going to punish our enemies as well. And there is a whole bunch of nasty stuff that goes along with that. It's going to be like a grape press is what it says. Our enemies are going to be like crushed like grapes and then the blood is going to like stream down. That is literally what it says in the book of Revelation. So we'll get to that later on. But right now I'm just going to talk about what Mark has to say. We're just going to see Jesus coming down in his glory. He's going to call us together, all of his chosen ones. And then he's going to send out his angels. He's going to gather together his chosen ones, it says. And that's kind of how Jesus ends that with us being gathered together with him forever. So then Jesus says here to his disciples, learn from the fig tree. Learn this parable. You know, you look at the fig trees, for example, like right now, it is currently snowing where I am living and I live in a certified forest. <laughs> I actually do. My, my uh, land is considered a forest. And I have trees everywhere. So I'm looking out my back door right now. And all of the trees 
currently, with the snow falling, have no leaves on them at all. So right now, I know that it is winter. I know that snow is falling. I can see that there's no leaves on the tree. But once the snow starts to melt and little buds start popping up on the trees, I know for sure, oh, spring is coming soon. It's still winter. We still might have another snow or two. But spring's going to be coming because I can see that these buds on the trees are popping up and there's going to be leaves soon. And so Jesus is kind of saying the same thing to his disciples. You know, it says when the branch starts producing its leaves, you know that summer is near. And even so, you also, when you see these things coming to pass, so basically everything Jesus was talking about with the, you know, persecution of Christians happening, with the different things we talked about, how um, there's going to be oppression in those days. And, um, you know, when so many different false prophets are going to rise up and try to lead people astray. And when we see the signs and the wonders, you know, that is when we're going to know, okay, Jesus is getting much closer to coming when all of this stuff starts happening. And then at that point, that's when Jesus is saying, you know, watch for me, you know, watch, because when you see these things start to happen, you're not going to know exactly when I'm coming back. No one's going to know. I don't even know. That's what Jesus says. I don't even know when I'm coming back for the second time. But, you know, when you see these things start to happen, as I said and different things start being revealed because remember we don't understand prophecies till it actually happens when we finally see the prophecies taking place then we're going to know as these prophecies are being fulfilled even if we don't fully understand them let's say that you know it just goes straight over our heads and we don't understand but we do see our fellow christians in different countries or even in our own country being persecuted we know then oh, you know, persecution of Christians is going to start happening. That's what Jesus said for the end times. So we must know soon that Jesus is going to be coming back. At that point, this is how we watch out for Jesus. This is literally what Jesus says. In order to watch out for me, you know, I don't want to catch you guys sleeping. That's what he says here in verse 35, because he, he gives another parable of a man that leaves his possessions to his servants and he doesn't want to come back and find them sleeping in other words not doing their jobs properly and not taking care of the stuff that was left to them same thing with Jesus he doesn't want to catch us sleeping not doing the stuff that he called us to do it says that we need to watch keep alert and pray for you don't know when the time is we're just not going to know. And the other thing I want to say is it's probably not going to be the way we think it is. You know, so many, like I said, so many different ideas out there of what, you know, the book of Revelation is going to look like in the coming future, I suppose. Some people already say it, it's currently happening right now with everything going on in the world. Some people say it hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen for a while. Some people say basically Jesus is coming tomorrow, today. It's just not going to look the way we think it's going to look. Every single prophecy we see already fulfilled in the Old Testament probably did not happen the way those people thought it was going to happen, especially the one with the Messiah, especially the one with the Messiah. In fact, when Jesus was around, people didn't even realize he was the Messiah. <laughs> That's how different these prophecies were. But I'm kind of thinking in a circle here. My point is, since we're not going to know 
exactly how this is going to take place and, and we're, we're never going to know. The way we need to watch for Jesus and not be caught sleeping is by keeping alert and by praying for you don't know when the time is. So in other words, do your best work with the time that you have. That is what Jesus says to do. Do your best work. Don't be caught sleeping. Do what I have called you to do. Pray. Keep your heart focused on Jesus. And that is how you're going to be prepared for Jesus' second coming. Not by listening to so-and-so saying that he's coming at this time or this day at this hour. That's not going to help you prepare for anything. You need to have your heart prepared. That is how you are going to be prepared for Jesus' second coming. And that is what Jesus tells all people. It says right here in verse 37 at the very end, this is what I tell all. Watch. So Jesus right there was telling you, you personally, watch for him. Friends, this was the end of Mark chapter 13, and we're going to be moving on to Mark chapter 14, which is, uh, I I like Mark chapter 14, and it talks a little bit about the Passover. We're going to get into that, and then we're going to get into Jesus's death and resurrection in Mark chapter 14 and 15. So join the P40 Ministries podcast for that. Make sure you tune in every single morning for a brand new episode. Don't forget I do a podcast episode on every weekday. My goal with that was to help anybody who has a job where you can listen to something in your earphones or if you're commuting to work. That was my goal, was for people who are just on the go to be able to do a devotion. You know, because I'm going through the Bible cover to cover. And I do believe it's very important for everybody to have a daily devotional. And when I was at my factory job and I got a chance to listen to the Bible from front to back, it really changed my mindset on who God the Father was. It changed my mindset on what the Bible was. You know, I never thought of it. This is so weird, but I never thought of it as a book, like a full book from beginning to end that I could just read in one go. You know, I never thought of it that way. I always like looked at it as, you know, a series of different proverbs that, you know, get preached on during the sermons and stuff. But I never thought of it as a complete story of God's love literally from beginning to end. So that is why I started P40 Ministries. And that is why I am so passionate about people doing a daily devotion where they can hear the scripture, where they can just think about it or discuss it with other people or, you know, read it themselves. And, you know, that's just my passion for P40 Ministries. That's my passion for why I do this podcast. So friends, if this podcast has touched you in any way, you know, if this has been, if this podcast has brought value to your life, then please rate it on Spotify, rate it on Apple Podcasts, rate it on Audible, Amazon Music, and wherever else you can rate a podcast, rate it on those. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is brand new, and I'm uploading uh, new videos to that today. So... (laughs) So definitely go over to the um, YouTube channel that I dropped a link for in the bio of this podcast episode and subscribe to it so that you'll never, ever miss a uh, old podcast episode that I did way, way long time ago. And um, yeah, so I got a camera. We'll see how it works. And I'm excited to start uploading videos to YouTube 
You're gonna be able to see my face and not just hear my voice. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> Friends and faith listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening, and of course, God bless.